We got an action-packed show for you today. Yeah, I'm curious on how we're going to do this today, because me and you could talk for like three hours. Five, five, five. But uh, what the, Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders, the Raiders. But what I'm shot. saying, but what I'm saying, veteran leadership really does take you a long way in this league. Yeah, I definitely like that pick with the San Francisco 49ers, obviously. Defense like Bill Belichick's, it's really hard to bet against a team like that. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Fawad's Pods, obviously the podcast presented by Tunnel Vision Sports. As always, I am your host, Fawad Farouk, and I will be taking you through the latest news in the sports world, what we have going on. I hope everyone had an amazing, amazing Thanksgiving. I know I did, definitely having some great, great dinner getting to spend some time with my family, but not just that, enjoying it with some great Thanksgiving Day football games. I know we had a great early game between Detroit and Buffalo. That was a really good one. Detroit, uh, Buffalo was able to pull that one out. Then the afternoon game, huge divisional game between the Cowboys and the Giants. Dallas was able to pull that out. And then a huge, huge, great, great game in Minnesota between New England and the Vikings. Um, great game. Vikings were able to pull that out. Very exciting, entertaining contest. But here we are. Had a great weekend. Um, Sundays weren't the best for me because as you can see, I am a Denver Broncos fan. And obviously, when you're a Denver Broncos fan, there is a lot to talk about with the debacle, the collapse of what has gone wrong with this team this season. With that being said, let's kick it off with our first segment of the day. Here we go. The Broncos fall to 3-8 and eight with a loss over the Carolina Panthers this weekend. They drop... Uh, they have dropped, I believe, now three consecutive games following the bye weeks. They are currently the 14th seed in the AFC. Looking at this Broncos team, obviously being a fan of this team for a better part of 10 years, even longer, this has been an absolute disaster. And when I mean disaster, this team has looked abysmal on the offensive side of the ball, averaging 14 and a half points per game, which is last in the league. And when you look at the offensive firepower that many said this team had during the offseason. You look at Russell Wilson. You look at the wide receiving core with Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Obviously, there have been an insurmountable amount of injuries on this team, but we cannot make excuses for what has gone wrong for this team. And just looking at Russell Wilson in that game against, against the Panthers, I mean... It's just as bad as it gets. His worst career year by far. He's had 142 passing yards, one touchdown, 19 of 35 passing. The inefficiency level with Russell Wilson has just been the most shocking part of this whole season for Denver. Obviously, Russell Wilson just not playing like what we expected him to play like when he was acquired in this huge trade from Seattle. And just looking at his numbers on the year, just eight touchdowns, 
five interceptions, a QBR of 32 and a half, which is 30th in the league. And he's literally the worst quarterback in every statistical category. You name it. Russell Wilson has defined the word inefficiency in his first year in Denver. And then on top of that, you look at a coaching staff led by first-year head coach Nathaniel Hackett, who has just not been that spark, that boost that GM George Payton was looking for, for this Denver Broncos team to get back on track this season. When you look at this Broncos team, that offensive mind that we saw in Green Bay from Nathaniel Hackett coaching up the sideline with Aaron Rodgers, a two-time MVP, we are just not seeing that in Denver with Russell Wilson. But the biggest thing I feel like is with Nathaniel Hackett is that he's not fitting what Russell Wilson, that we're accustomed to seeing Russell Wilson do well under center. And that's not him dropping back down in coverage and throwing the ball 30, 25 times a game. We know how explosive Russell Wilson can be in that play action game, how explosive he can be with his legs running the ball. And that's just the biggest thing that separates a lot of quarterbacks, Russell Wilson, from those quarterbacks in the league. We know Russell Wilson is one of the best throwers of the deep ball in the league. He just hasn't been able to get those opportunities down the stretch. Obviously, that's in large part due to the injuries that have been suffered by this team on the offensive side of the ball. Not just on the offensive side of the ball, but all sides of the ball. Look at on the offense, two of big wide receivers, Jerry Judy, ankle injury, K.J. Hamler, hamstring injury. And then you look at Randy Gregory, who's been on IR for the better part of this whole season. After the first two games, you have not seen Randy Gregory play in a game for the Denver Broncos thus far. So that huge signing for them just hasn't paid off. Recently, they traded away Bradley Chubb. We're able to get Chase Edmonds in a trade. He hasn't played. Jonas Griffith, injury reserve. Billy Turner, injury reserve. Lloyd Cushenberry, center, injury reserve. This team has been hit with an injury bug in a way that we just didn't expect it to happen. Obviously, there's no excuses for this Denver Broncos team. You look at Russell Wilson, you're getting paid a quarter of a billion dollars to do your job and be the best quarterback you can be. And obviously, when you look at the Denver Broncos, Ever since Peyton Manning's departure, there have been 8, 9, 10, 11 quarterbacks to take center after Peyton Manning has left. It was Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch. Look at Brock Osweiler. You had Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, Jeff Driscoll, Brett Rippon, Kendall Hinton, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater this recent year. Teddy Bridgewater finished with a record of 7-7 seven and seven in his last stint in Denver. Right now, the Denver Broncos sit at 3-8, and eight, and they have such a tough schedule coming up that they could possibly end with a worse record than they did the previous year. You look at what they have coming up. They have Baltimore this upcoming weekend. Kansas City. Then you look at Arizona. Then you have the Los Angeles Rams who are hit with the injury bug themselves. Kansas City and Los Angeles Chargers to close out the season. When you look at this team, it's a tough road ahead. 
And I get I get so passionate about these Denver Broncos because when I look at this team in their Super Bowl 50 victory, which is about to be, I think, six or seven years from now, six or seven years ago, this team won Super Bowl 50. They had not had a losing season for 40 years prior to that season. This team has lost, has had six consecutive losing seasons now. Six consecutive seasons. A team that has been known for being one of the best franchises in the league's history, the Denver Broncos, it just has not lived up to expectations thus far this season. And when you pay your quarterback a quarter of a billion dollars, you're expecting him to go out there and make a difference. You, me, George Payton as a GM, he made that move knowing that this team was a quarterback away. And when you're a fan of this team, you believe the same thing, that your team is a quarterback away from taking this and making this a championship team. And then when you see the product on the field, the heartbreak, the frustration, it's just been a a disastrous season for Denver. What I'm going to say is we have a new ownership group in store with after, obviously, the Walter Penner Foundation paying nearly $4 billion for this organization. You have this huge move that you expect to change the fortunes of your franchise. Obviously, Nathaniel Hackett was not chosen by this by this ownership group to be the next head coach. And to be honest, I don't, I really don't think he's going to be the head coach next year of this team. There needs to be a better offensive mind. It just seems like at certain points during the season that Nathaniel Hackett is covering up for Russell Wilson's lackluster performances at some point. And I hate to say it, but he's. it seems like everything is all good on the sideline when you see them coming on and off the off the field and uh, you see that last game where tension just starts to boil over that defensive lineman Mike Purcell just takes his frustration out on Wilson on that sideline you know it's not a good situation to be in obviously when you're losing as much as the Denver Broncos and you have so many high expectations heading into the year looking at their team it just obviously hasn't panned out for their team and just looking at it, it's a huge offseason ahead of them. And you look at the Seattle Seahawks who traded Russell Wilson for two for the picks for next, last year's pick and this year's pick. That projected pick is expected to be right now the number fourth overall pick in this upcoming year's draft. So when you look at the regression in Wilson's game and what Geno Smith is doing down there in Seattle, obviously it's not a good look for Denver and that has to be a huge, huge cause for frustration, not just for me, but Broncos country in this case, because the expectations have just not been there. The results have not been there. In Russell Wilson's first year in Denver, you look at what Brady was able to do in his first year in Tampa Bay, Super Bowl. Matt Stafford in his first stint with Sean McVay, Super Bowl. You look at Peyton Manning, he didn't get the Super Bowl right away, but that team was explosive from the get-go when he arrived there. And Russell Wilson is really rewriting the script in terms of what the dream story was supposed to be, and it's become an absolute nightmare for Denver. But moving forward, you know, obviously this season right now is looking like a throwaway. Uh, Very disappointed with what this team has done over the course of this season. 
But as a Broncos fan, I'm always an optimistic individual. We have to be optimistic. Um, obviously, what you see on the field, it doesn't allow you to be optimistic because the offense is so bad that at certain points during the season, it's just like, you know, what is Wilson really doing? There's a stat, a key stat pointing out that if the Broncos average at least 18 points per game, they would have been 9-1 and one through the first 10 games of the season. I mean, you cannot write a worse script for Russell Wilson to walk into a worse situation for Russell Wilson to walk into with what he's going through in the regression with his game. Obviously, you know, a lot of disappointment. I don't expect Nathaniel Hackett to be there in the offseason. Obviously, they were able to get that draft pick from the Dolphins in exchange for Bradley Chubb. That's something they desperately need. And when you look at this guy, quarter of a billion dollars, yet again, I'm going to say this continuously because it's such a big amount. The Denver Broncos are literally married to Russell Wilson for the next five years. So you can't trade him. You can't do anything. No one is willing. No one is going to be willing to take on that contract after what they've seen through Russell Wilson this season. So what the Denver Broncos need to make need to do is to make this work with Russell Wilson. They need to find out a way Get a scheme that fits his game. Do what he does best. Play the scheme that he does best. Throw the ball, play action. Get the running game going. And let Russell Wilson to allow plays using his mobility because that's what he does best. Over his career in Seattle, that's what we saw him do best. And for me, I just feel like we haven't seen him do that over the course of this season. He needs to be better. With that being said, you know, this, it's just... Something that's a cause for frustration and the Denver Broncos need to be better at on the offensive side of the ball to figure this out. Obviously, it's a lost season right now, but next year you need to figure out a way under a new head coach. I don't believe Nathaniel Hackett's going to be there. They need to figure out a way to get this going on the offensive side of the ball. The defense has been championship caliber. The offense has been abysmal to a degree where I cannot even explain the worst of the worst in the league this year. They need to get better. Um, There's a lot of frustration with that. Mm, with that being said, let's move to our next segment of the day. Here we go. We're talking about N. NBA Rookie of the Year race. Obviously, we have a huge, huge Rookie of the Year race going on right now in the NBA. A lot of players really starting to pull themselves apart. Um, you look at number one overall pick for the Orlando Magic, Paolo Bancaro. Obviously, dominating thus far for the Orlando Magic, but... For me, top prospect in this draft, for me, when I saw him play to start the season through the get-go, I feel like this guy is really going to be a special talent, something that the league is really, really going to enjoy watching for years to come. I know we got a lot of front runners for this award, but Indiana Pacers, Ben Matherin, obviously, been a story to tell about him during this season thus far he's been sensational averaging 19 points per game 14 rebounds 
and one assist per game. Um, when I look at this guy, he started off the season just hot out of the gate. And when I mean hot out of the gate, 19-point performance in the opener against Washington. San Antonio following game 26-27-17. Recently, you look at what he did against in a huge win against the Los Angeles Lakers, 23 points. And there's just a swagger that comes with having a guy like Ben Matherin before the game, I was reading up on him saying something about LeBron James. LeBron James needs to show that he's better than me. I kind of think it's absurd at the same point, but admirable in the sense that I love his confidence. The confidence is through the roof with this guy. He's been sensational thus far. Um, he's been a guy that offers versatility on all sides of the ball. You, you see the way he can score on the offensive side of the ball, driving in, getting easy buckets in the lane, shooting the three ball at a high rate, 40% from the field. You can't, you can't do it any better in the league. One of the best three point shooters we have in the league thus far. And it's just been, he's been on a roll thus far. When you look at what he's been able to do, Ben Carroll himself has been a leader for this Orlando Magic team. When you look at what he's been able to do, Ben Carroll, 22.9 points per game, seven rebounds and three and a half assists. Obviously, he has been carrying this Orlando Magic team. And obviously, he just complements the team so well in every way, shape, or form. You look at the guard position, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, someone who could shoot the three ball. Then you have Van Carroll at the three, Bull Bull at the four, and Wendell Carter Jr. at the five. He offers the versatility just as Matherin does. But what I feel like that separates Matherin is that he is obviously providing huge scoring bursts on the offensive side of the ball. See him going for 20-some games, 19, 25, nearly 30 points per game. But he's coming off the bench and doing it. So add, add a huge bonus to that. We have a rookie of the year candidate, not only playing at a high level, but they're not starting and they're playing at an elite level. They're in the Matherin, you can make a case that he's in the sixth man of the year race as well as a rookie of the year race. So when you look at Matherin, it's just the way he's been able to progress over the course of these first two, three months of the season is just what's been special to watch. Obviously, Ben Carroll coming in as the number one overall pick. I feel like a lot of people had the expectations for him to come in and, you know, be the leader for Orlando Magic team that was struggling to, you know, find that on the offensive side of the ball. A guy that also is great on the defensive side of the ball. Ben Carroll has been phenomenal thus far in his rookie campaign. But what I feel like that Matherin does better is get more production and less playing time. And then you have a guy who shoots the ball at an elite rate from three. It's just, it's just a win-win situation for the Indiana Pacers with what they've got going. And then when you look at the standings overall, when you look at the standings, Indiana has been phenomenal, shockingly phenomenal thus far. 12 of eight, they sit in the fourth slot in the Eastern Conference. Orlando, obviously not as good sitting at the bottom. 
of the East at 5-16. and 16. But going back to it, it's just what Ben Matherin offers. It's just what he does thus far, what he's been able to do over the course of these first three months of the season. I feel like he's going to be a sensational talent. In my opinion, one of my favorite players to watch in the game right now. If you guys are not familiar with the name Ben Matherin, look out for his name in the near future because he is going to be a very transcendent talent in this game. Someone who's going to continue to grow, continue to evolve. And I'm looking forward to watching him play this game at an elite high level to come. I feel like you know, this this is going to be a award for him that could really, you know, make his name go up there in terms of starting up his career. And, you know, this car could be the start of a possible Hall of Fame career. I know I'm saying that very early, but I really feel like what I've seen over the first three months of the season, this guy has a lot of room to grow and a lot of potential to grow. It's going to be a big, big year for both these guys, Bancaro and Ben Matherin. Two of the lead front runners for the NBA Rookie of the Year Award. With that being said, let's move to our final segment of the day. Here we go. Week 13 game picks. We got a lot of good games on the slate for the week 13 of the NFL. Let's start off with the Thursday night football game. Buffalo and New England. Um, New England coming off that loss on Thanksgiving against Minnesota. And you have Buffalo's coming off a win on Thanksgiving Day against Detroit. I feel like this is a huge divisional game for both teams. Buffalo sitting at 8-3. and three. Patriots are sitting at 6-5. and five. Obviously, Josh Allen has not been the best quarterback as of late. You know, in the red zone, he's not been the best quarterback. We saw what he did a couple of weeks in that phenomenal game against Minnesota, throwing that game-ending pick to Patrick Peterson. He needs to be better. But, you know, New England's defense presents a huge challenge against him. You know, he needs to get it going early. I feel like it's going to be a close game, but New England will be able to pull it out on Thursday Night Football, they get the win. Next, we have Broncos at Baltimore. I would love to say and sit here and be optimistic and say that the Broncos are going to win this game. But from what I've seen thus far, it's really hard to be optimistic. Although, for the future, you always have to be optimistic. But the Ravens, obviously... Coming off that heartbreaking loss to Jacksonville at the buzzer, Trevor Lawrence stunning them at that two-point conversion, Doug Peterson with that big play call. But I feel like a reeling Denver team and, you know, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson are really going to be able to pull this one out. Baltimore wins this one. Sorry, Denver, I love you, but you guys are killing me with this horrendous season, man. This football needs to be better. Then we have the Steelers at the Falcons. Steelers coming off that big win on Monday Night Football. And the Falcons are 5-7 and seven at this point during the season. Um, obviously, Marcus Mariota has been, you know, quite, quite a decent quarterback over this season. 14 touchdowns, 8 picks. Kenny Pickett. Played a great game on Monday Night Football. I feel like 
the Steelers' defense is going to present a big challenge. Najee Harris had a great game. He was sidelined for the second half of that game on Monday Night Football. But if he's back, I think Pittsburgh pulls out this win. They get the dub, and they move to 5-7. and seven. Green Bay and Buffalo. This is a huge divisional game for both these teams, teams that are basically two of the shot. I feel like one of the shocking teams, Green Bay, really shocking. You didn't expect Green Bay over the course of the season to be four and eight. I expected them to be in the front, in the driver's seat in the NFC, but one of five on the road. The Buffalo obviously have Justin Fields, who didn't play next week, last week against the Jets in a blowout loss to the Jets. They needed him in that. They're definitely going to need him in this one. Aaron Rodgers has a rib issue coming off that loss on Sunday Night Football to Philadelphia. I feel like this is a this is a big game for the Packers. Obviously, you know they're obviously playing for pride at this point. It's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. Tough for them to make the playoffs for both teams. But um, if I had to go with one, if Aaron Rodgers is healthy, um, Dustin Fields is going to be healthy. But I think Aaron Rodgers will help. The Green Bay Packers prevail in this one. They get the dub. Next game, we have Jacksonville and Detroit. Obviously, Jacksonville coming off that big game over the Ravens. A huge win in the final seconds at the buzzer. But I feel like the Lions on the offensive side of the ball have a lot of firepower. You look at what Jamal Williams has been able to do this season, leading the league in rushing touchdowns, one of the best goal line backs in the league. Um, Trevor Lawrence been playing well, been playing very well over the course of his second season under Doug Peterson, 16 touchdowns, six picks. Jared Goff really playing well, 17 touchdowns, 17 uh, seven picks on the season but the difference maker is obviously going to be these running games we look at Travis Etienne he's had a great great campaign in his second year obviously missing his first stint due to that uh, season ending injury that happened before the start of the season but I feel like Etienne and Swift and Jamal Williams are going to be in the mix but if this is either either team's game to win Obviously, Zay Jones has been big. Christian Kirk has been big for Jacksonville. Amandra St. Brown, DJ Chark, they've been good as well. But if I had to give the edge to one team, I think it's going to be Jacksonville. Both these teams sit at four and seven. So it should be a good matchup to watch. Another good, good game. We have the Mike White-led Jets versus the Minnesota Vikings. Um, this is a big game as well. You look at the, for the Vikings, they could quite possibly clinch a playoff berth with pending a lot of other outcomes to the other games. I feel like this is a big game for them. Mike White making a statement. Obviously, head coach Robert Saleh benches Zach Wilson last week. The Jets come out and dominate the game. Mike White, three touchdown passes and a win over Chicago. Um, I feel like, you know, Minnesota is really going to present, really test Mike White in this matchup. Mike White, you know, had his way against the Bears defense last week, but this week is going to be a little, a little challenging for him. I feel like the defense for the Jets is going to be tested as well. Sauce Gardner on Justin Jefferson going to be a great matchup to watch. TJ Hogginson against that secondary for the Jets going to be a great matchup to watch. Uh, Dalvin Cook in the mix. 
Um, I feel like the weapons that the Vikings have on the offensive side of the ball, it's going to be too much to overcome for the Jets. I got Minnesota winning this game, moving to 10-2 and and quite possibly clinching a playoff berth. Next game, huge divisional game again. The Washington Commanders at the New York Giants. Taylor Heineke, obviously, playing incredibly well. Filling in for Wentz, who just, you know, like I said on Jake's takes a couple of months ago, I said it's going to be his last stint, and he has just been disappointing this season. But Taylor Heineke has come in, and he has been sensational. The running game with Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson Jr. has been has played well over the course of the last couple of weeks. But, you know, the Giants defense has also played very, very well. I feel like, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, it's going to be a good day for him in front of that home crowd at MetLife Stadium. I feel like, you know, although Daniel, although the the Washington football team has came in hot with winners of their last three games against the railing Giants team, Giants team who has lost two consecutive games. I feel like the Giants are going to be able to pull this one off. It's going to be a huge divisional game and a huge playoff implication in this game. I have the Giants winning this game. Another one, the Tennessee Titans versus the league best Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Philadelphia, huge, huge game in that, in that win on Sunday Night Football against Green Bay. Tennessee coming off a loss to Cincinnati and the problem with since the problem with a team like Tennessee is they really need to figure out a way to get their receivers going I know Traylon Burks uh you know he had that touchdown with that fumble that Derrick Henry had recovered in the end zone but let's be real the Titans receivers need to be better Robert Woods needs to be more active in the offense Ryan Tannehill needs to get those receivers more off more active in the offense. I know we know what Derrick Henry is able to do in that offense. We know how he's able to dominate over the course of four quarters in a game. Could easily pound the ball down any defensive line throw, rushing for a hundred yards willingly and easily down any defensive line. But the Tennessee Titans need to be better on the offensive side of the ball and get their wide receivers involved. Philadelphia, on the other hand, they got a lot of injuries going on. Devontae Smith, questionable. CJ Gardner-Johnson is out. Patrick Johnson, questionable. Dallas Goddard, big tight end on IR. But, you know, that Philadelphia defense is stacked in a way that I cannot even explain. They have just been sensational. Getting Adama King Sue, the possibility if they are able to, to get Jordan Davis back for this game, this is going to be a big game for Philadelphia. I have the I have Philadelphia winning this game convincingly against a Tennessee Titans team, and I feel like one of my biggest biggest things to look forward to this weekend is this game that I'm about to tell you next: the Cleveland Browns versus the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson returns from an 11-game suspension to square off against his old team. You could not have written a better debut game for Deshaun Watson in a Browns uniform. Obviously, I feel like this is a huge game for Deshaun, man. He wants to make a statement going up against his former team. 
in his old home in, the, in Houston. I feel like this is going to be a big game for Omari Cooper. Tight end David Njoku is going to be involved. Expect all these wide receiver wide receivers to get involved. Peoples-Jones, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, the running game with Nick Chubb. They're going to be involved, and they are going to be firing on all cylinders against uh, one of the worst teams in the league in Houston. Um, I got I got Deshaun Watson pulling this one off against his former team. You know, the, they're going to pull this one out. I think they'll be able to win the game. Seattle and Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Rams defending champions. The season just has not panned out the way they had expected. Obviously, Cooper Cup out. Matthew Stafford's status uncertain, probably not going to be playing. Bryce Perkins going to be taking center at the quarterback position, going to be starting this weekend. And the Seattle Seahawks have just been one of the shocking teams of the year after losing quarterback Russell Wilson. It hurts every time I say it, but, you know, whenever I see the Seahawks play well and the Broncos just play flustering, flustering football, it's just really, really hard to watch. But, you know, props to Gino. He's been playing incredibly great football, and I feel like that's going to continue against injury-riddled Rams team. I got them winning this game. The Dolphins and the 49ers, the eight and three Dolphins. This is, they're leading the division. And when they got a, they beat Buffalo earlier in the season. And that's why Buffalo needs to win this year because they're going, uh, Dolphins are facing a great, great test on the defensive side of the ball. Two is going to be tested. Uh, obviously, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Uh, the Dolphins are expected to get Raheem Moster back this upcoming week. Jeff Wilson acquired in a trade recently from his old team of 49ers that he's going up against this year this this game um I feel like it's going to be a big game for Miami I feel like the running game with Christian McCaffrey will get going but I feel like that high-powered Dolphins offense is going to be too much for the 49ers to overcome I got the 40 I got the Dolphins coming away with this win to a not playing incredibly well, but just doing enough to get them to win. The Chiefs and the Bengals, I believe this is a Sunday night football game. No, it is a afternoon game. Rematch of last year's AFC championship game, obviously. Joe Burrow with that huge AFC championship game down double figures, heading into the fourth quarter of a champion of conference championship game. Shocking the world and Pulling off a huge upset against Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, wasn't able to get it done. But a huge game for this team. They're sitting at 7-4. and four, Expected to get their wide receiver, Jamar Chase, back. Um, I feel like this is going to be an incredibly entertaining game. I feel like it's going to be a game in which one of the defenses is going to have to make a stop late to help their team win the game. Mahomes, obviously, MVP front runner. This season, just been phenomenal as always. Travis Kelsey, I have him in every fantasy league and he has been absolutely phenomenal. I feel like he's really inching closer and closer to becoming one of the greatest tight ends we've seen in this game. Um, But this matchup is going to be great for many reasons. Just the talent on both sides of the ball with Kelsey and Mahomes. And then you have Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, the running game. If... If I feel like Joe Mixon is in this game, he plays, 
Uh, he's fighting off a concussion that he's been facing. Um, I feel like I feel like this is a win that Cincinnati can pull off. I feel like they can win this game, but I would not be surprised if the nine and two Chiefs pull it off. But for right now, if Joe makes in plays, I got Cincinnati winning this game. Joe Burrow moves to three and zero against Mahomes in his short tenured career, and this is going to be an exciting matchup to watch for years to come. The Chargers and the Raiders, huge divisional game. Um, obviously, Raiders coming off that huge game against the Seahawks. Josh Jacobs, obviously, one of the greatest rushing performances we've seen in a long time. 300 scrimmage yards over Seattle. I feel like that's going to play a big factor. And then on top of that, Raiders have won two straight after dropping the ball an early portion of their season and you know obviously they're fighting for pride at this point but i feel like it's going to be a great test for them uh justin herbert been playing well himself they're coming off a loss to san fran last week um it's going to be a big game it's going to be a big divisional game especially for the chargers if they want to keep themselves in that playoff picture obviously austin eckler josh jacobs the two Key points in this game. Obviously, both running games have played well this season, but the Chargers are ahead. The Chargers are ahead in the standings. It may seem as if the Raiders are out of this, but um, they are out of it. But the Chargers are just like two games in front of them, which seems so strange at certain times because their offense, I feel like, just hasn't played well. That's large part due to their injuries with guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But I feel like Raiders are going to pull off the upset in this one. Josh Jacobs has another big game. Devontae Adams shines. Derek Carr plays well. The defense holds their ground against the Chargers. They pull it out and win this one. And 8-20 game Sunday night football game. You have the Colts and the Cowboys. Obviously, you know, the Colts are coming off that loss to Pittsburgh on Monday Night Football. I feel like this is Dallas's game to win, you know. I feel like the Colts have played well this season. The quarterback position, obviously, they got Matt Ryan this offseason. Just hasn't worked out. A lot of debacle in that, in that, in that front office. You fire Frank Wright. You bring in Jeff Saturday. You know, there's no coaching experience in that aspect you got another guy opposite to his sideline who has won a Super Bowl and Mike McCarthy they're loaded on the offensive side of the ball the defense with Michael Parsons Demarcus Lawrence it's just going to be too much to overcome for Indianapolis I got Dallas moving to nine and three on Sunday Night Football and to end the week we have a matchup in a divisional battle between the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, you know, Buccaneers coming off that loss to Cleveland in overtime. You know, Tom Brady, it's hard to bet against him. You know, the Saints have played incredibly well against him, no matter who has played against them. It has been, whether it's been Drew Brees, whether it's been Jameis Winston, whether it's been Andy Dalton, you know, the Saints, these divisional games are gritty, grinded out. They always come down to the wire. Um, I feel like I feel like this is going to be in Tampa Bay. So I've got Tampa Bay with the edge. I got them winning this game and closing out week 13 with a win. 
Obviously, a lot of good games to look forward to this week. Um, I hope you are excited as I am for this week, obviously. Not to watch the Broncos, maybe, but just to watch football because we got a lot of great, great matchups coming up in the latter end of the season. And that is going to do it for today. Make sure to check out any content on the TVS website. I've gotten to do a lot of great work recently. This last Friday, I got to cover a PFL event, um, watching some great fights. Larissa Pacheco pulling off an upset against Kayla Harrison. Brandon Longain pulling off an upset. Not really an upset, but what I felt like was going to be a fight that was going to be won by Bubba Jenkins. He, Bubba... Obviously lost by a knockout, but got to do a lot of great events for anyone who loves sports, wants to keep up with their sports need, visit tvsportsmag.com. Keep up with your to keep up with your sports needs. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, etc. And make sure to keep in touch with your sporting roots at tvsportsmag.com. And so long. Can't wait to have a show next week. And for anyone who's interested on being on Fawad's pod, please shoot me a message on Instagram. Anyway, you can reach out to me by email. Everything will be dropped down in the description down below. And with that being said, so long. And see you guys next week for another episode of Fawad's Pods. Take care and peace.